0: Hi, my name is uh, Paul Wessels, President and CEO of Western Copper and Gold. Western Copper and Gold is developing the Casino Copper Gold project up in the Yukon. Uh, you know, we've been developing this project for about a dozen years, but you know, the past three years, and actually the past one year, have been by far the most exciting in the company. Uh, we just issued a feasibility study. We brought in Rio Tinto um, a little over a year ago. Been working very, very closely with them. This represents one of the, the largest undeveloped copper gold projects in the world, located in the Yukon in Canada. Great project. Very happy here to talk to you about it.
1: It's all so slow, isn't it? Twelve <laughs> yeah. years. Oh man. How 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 do you keep the uh, tempo up? What are you up to?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that the you know the one thing is is that as as you're aware, you've got commodity cycle, right? And and so. If you go back, we were very, very close to to selling this project. A lot of interest in 2011, the last time that sort of copper was over four dollars, and then you got to wait <laughs> for the copper cycle to come back. It's back now. Um, you know some very, very good fundamentals behind it, and sure enough, copper price goes up, and everybody starts to get interested and knocks on your door and. Hence uh, the the deal that we signed with Rio Tinto.
1: Right. Okay. So I was, I, I'm kind of referring to like you know 12, 12 years, and I, I get the the cycle component. I think everyone listening to this needs to understand the kind of cycle component in terms of pricing of copper to allow you to move forward. But you've had Rio Tinto on board for a while now, right? So what? Remind me of the kind of scope of that agreement, and remind me how quickly um, they get to the next stage of decision making
0: yeah, so I mean we we signed the agreement with Rio Tinto in um, May of last year, so it's really not that old i mean it it's it's not even even uh, eighteen months, and it was a different sort of agreement I mean, what we agreed to in the agreement was to really it was Rio coming in saying we need to do. Big company due diligence on your project. We want to go in there. We want to drill it where we want to drill it. We want to do met work that we want to do and all that stuff. So that was the agreement that we agreed to. 18 months was the original term. And where are we now? The drilling's been done. The metallurgy is 99% done. I haven't, you know, we, I'm waiting for the report to be finished, but I mean, the, the results from the Met work are, are indicative of what we've done before, no surprises there. You know, bunch, lots of work on First Nations and government relations and all that sort of stuff. So we set it at 18 months initially because we thought that that would be enough time to finish the work and sort of get a feel for how things are going to go. That's the end of November, you know, we've got a couple months here. Lots of discussions underway. We'll sort of see what what happens in terms of next steps.
1: Okay. Lots of discussions underway means different things to different people. So are we gonna be still sticking with the eighteen month timeframe? you know, do they make a meaningful decision before the end of this year that's gonna get the market excited? I. They continue working with you or continue working towards understanding what it is that you've got.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there's there's sort of a couple of paths. So, I mean, first of all, there is, I mean, the 18 months is, is over at the end of November. And at that time, they lose a number of rights. Uh, you know, really, the, there's a technical committee, they lose that right. They have the right to second people, they have a board observer, all those rights disappear. They There is a one-time right for them to extend that by one year. So, that is, that is one option um, that they have at their disposal. The idea is that they are going to obviously make that option if, if they like what they see and they think that there's something promising here moving forward. So we actually haven't started to talk about that. We've just been sort of finalizing all of the, all of the details around actually mostly the MET program and, and work uh, with the government and the First Nations. Um, but those are the next conversations that are going to
1: begin to have, ha- happen. Right. okay so you've got a big project we talked about this many many times yes. and I um, in terms of the the amount of copper that you've got in the ground pounds on the ground and the amount of gold you've got in the ground and it, there's only going to be a handful of companies perhaps equipped to you know deal with the capex required to extract that value from the ground so um, with the Rio Tinto um, project you they're getting on and doing their stuff that you're working with them and you've got to get on do your stuff because you've got to, you've got to create some competitive tension here. Because if, it, if it's a you know one, one partner one hit one opportunity, you know you're in a world of hurt and pain. If Rio walk, so tell me about the process with Rio. So they've got till November. There's then they lose some rights potentially, or they extend by another year potentially. I mean, is there a kind of period of grace where you kind of both work out? Well, perhaps we slightly tweak these terms. Do we have a, a new way of looking yeah, at it? I mean.
0: That's that's a possible. I mean, I mean, really, the discussion is. I mean, what you're suggesting is exactly what we've talked about talking about, which is, what is the next business combination look like? Is it Rio buying us? Is it a joint venture? Is it something else? Right. So. Um, I mean, our, you know, what what we've sort of said and what we've talked about is, and and you know, this goes back to our, our old chairman actually, who just got inducted into the uh, Canadian, Hall of Fame, uh, Dale Carmen. You know, he doesn't like joint venture agreements, and you know, it, it's really more if you like it, buy it, and then you can do whatever you want with it, <laughs> sort of idea. But you know, I mean, never say never. I mean, I think we're we would be open to a sort of whatever discussions. Um, on that, but I mean, it's a good point that you make about I, I, a couple of things on competitive tension. I mean, as you said, I mean, the story around copper is is, is a big story right now. Um, you know, we, we've got a good board that's done this a number of times before. So, you know, certainly uh, we're excited well by what we're, what's going on with Rio. We're we're getting along very very well with them, but you know, this is also the opportunity to make sure that we've knocked on all the doors, not just theirs, and. And you know it's it's interesting some of those conversations. I mean, yes, some of them are are large large companies, but then there's also you know some sort of let's call them more mid tiers that are sort of like saying, well, maybe I can sort of you know we can partner up on this sort of thing um, because big copper asset, but also 21 million ounces of gold. So you, you get you get some interest from the gold space as well as the copper space in terms of moving this forward. And and the gold companies. You know, if you look at the space, the gold space, they're sort of even the larger gold companies are still not the BHP and Rio Tinto size of of the majors in the copper
1: space. Yeah, they're they long way off, and as are their balance sheets. But, but that's the, that's yeah. the kind of the, the the big, you know, red flag here um, for for you guys. And there's the problem, the narrative that you've got to change or help people understand, which is. If Rio don't, what do you do? And I appreciate you can't tell us all the conversations you're having with Rio at the moment because you haven't agreed to anything at the moment by the sounds of it, but give us help us with some indicative components. They were due to spend just over 25 million bucks. Have they spent, or will they have spent 25 million bucks by the time it comes to November?
0: Well, so just to to back up on the agreement, it was a little bit different. It wasn't like an earn-in, buy-in thing. They gave us 25 million dollars sitting in our bank account, literally. So it was private placement. So, and and if you go back to that time, I mean, why was it 25 million dollars? The scope of work we agreed to was for about half of that. Um, so they wanted to do about ten, eleven million dollars worth of work, but you know they need to buy a meaningful amount of shares. So they ended up with eight percent. Of course, we were like, it's got to be meaningful, but it can't be. We didn't want to give them too, too much, you know, and to ensure that there is, uh, you know, an opportunity for somebody else to that w- would be interested to come in. So, but in terms of the work that we agreed to as part of that original scope of work, like I can't emphasize this enough. We're I mean, we are a month away from that being, or a month to two months away from that being completely, completely done. So I mean, it's good. I mean, it forces the conversation of what's next. Uh, The November deadline forces the conversation of what's next. Um, Because I mean, I think one of the things that you can appreciate with these large companies, they got a lot of stuff going on. Um, You know, I mean, we're dealing with the Copper Group. The Copper Group obviously has been a little busy. Uh, with the process of buying turquoise hill, I was very happy to see that that looks like it's reaching a conclusion here, um, and uh, so you know that will hopefully allow them to turn some more attention to asses maybe the next thing. So
1: right, okay, so it was 50% of the 25, which was to, to be spent invested in the ground yep. as as it were, or invested in the project, uh, as it were. Okay, understood. So I thought it was the full 25. Um, okay, um, so they're setting an 8%. If if they move forward, and whether it be on the one year ter- one year extension term, or in some way, shape, or other form, they can acquire more of the company. I mean, but again, just remind me what it could look like going forward in terms of the steps, right?
0: They don't have a right of first refusal. There's no process for them. I mean, it's after that, it's it's let's sit down and, and negotiate, right? So they have. I mean, the only right they have is the right to extend it for one year and yeah i mean if they feel like there's more diligence although that's not what we're hearing from them if there's more things they need to do in order to get themselves comfortable with with a bigger investment you know then we'll we can talk about that and we we'll have the technical committee and they'll have the board observer for the, for another year after that one year they're absolutely done then it's like look you know if you guys are interested let's sit down but there's no rights on that um, it's just let's sit down and across the table from each other and and talk about what's next.
1: Okay, so you've heard from them; they're not looking to uh, extend the diligence period. You've not heard that. Well, uh, it I, I mean, you've what not heard
0: I'm it. hearing from them is that there's not, you know, we're we're not getting. I mean, there's always more diligence that needs to be done. So I'm not trying to to suggest that they're saying, look, we've dotted every i and crossed every t. I mean, uh, but you know, we're not sort of hearing, okay, we've got a whole bunch more work to do, and you know. Oh, the drilling, you know, raise more questions than answered. That's not what I'm hearing. Raise more more questions than answered, not hearing that. I'm hearing the opposite. I mean, like, yeah, we're pretty happy with where things are at.
1: Good. I'm glad that I got that out of you. And also, (laughs) you know, that Dale, Doesn't want to do JVs. He wants to sale. If you're interested, no, buy he's it. not
0: the chairman right? anymore. To be fair, but uh, he's still he's pretty, not the chairman. He's still a pretty uh, big former chairman. Former
1: <laughs> chairman. That's correct. Former, former. former I should chair. have read that more clearly. Okay, so that, that so that's kind of interesting to me. And in terms of the, the so there's some indicative uh, clues, uh, some some indications of intent and some clues. Um, I want to keep going down that track. The feasibility study on, on yeah. casino project. How did you? Do that? Did you sort of tip your hat towards well, maybe if Rio doesn't go ahead, we're going to need to divide and carve this thing up in a way where we can make it a much more acceptable capex uh, solution for this? Or did you? Was it pretty much the same as the uh, pre-phase?
0: Yeah. So it it was very it was the same as actually our PA which we did uh, you know a year ago. And so and there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, And and the main reason is that if you look at value. So if you look at net present value, the way that we've designed it right now, we have maximized the net present value. So that's a higher initial capital cost, but that maximizes the net present value. So we're now sitting at a net present value of 2.3 billion um, from the feasibility study an IRR of, of 18.1%. Now why that's useful is that I mean our value, our value as a company should be based upon the net present value of the project, right? so we want to make sure that we maximize that net present value of that project and also I, I mean it depends it's it's like it's it's sort of like I'm going fishing and you know am I fishing for the big guys in which case I'm putting out the big lures or am I fishing for the little guys and I'm putting out the little lures right so i think right now it's we're interested in, in attracting big companies to this project or like i said maybe you know a, a couple big companies working together if if it's a small company going through this, actually one of the things that we did do just really quickly is we said, look, can you get in here, start smaller and wrap it up? Of course you can, and actually you can do that by and maintain a very very similar IRR. However, now you're 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 giving up net present value overall on the project. It's just sort of the, you know the way that the economics work. So. That's why we sort of stuck with the way that it's gone forward. I, you know, we think it makes the most sense. You know, keep in mind with our feasibility study, at that size that we we have done it at, that is a 27-year mine life. That is one third of the deposit, one third. So I mean, you are that We're started small. I mean, this is an enormous deposit, right? So. Um, and yeah, I mean, three, it's three point six billion Canadian is the capital cost on the project. If you look at you know copper projects that have been built recently, you look at something like Cavecchio. I think it was five billion. You know, Cobra Panama going back a few years ago that was six billion. I mean, this is a small copper project in the world of copper projects.
1: So there's two things there. Um, I guess the multi-decade component for one third of the property um, helps with amortizing. The cost over a longer period of time. Um, because right now, if you don't have that, it seems to me you've got projects around the globe. Not, I'm not talking copper specific, I'm talking sort of mining generally, where companies are blowing their brains out on the CapEx costs. It you know to go from one feasibility study, so one feasibility or economic study to the next, the numbers are changing radically. We've seen 30, 40, 50% change it makes it prohibitive. So do you consider the multi-decade component an advantage for you?
0: I mean, so a couple of things just while 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 we're gonna geek out on numbers and economics, which you know yes, please. I, I, I I love to do. So there, there's a couple of things. I mean first of all with with our project, um, one of the things that that is unique about the project and actually I mean it's one of the things, you know, you know, having beers with the real guys that they told us like this is this is your ace up your sleeve. One of the things that really attracted us to this is that you have uh, you know this core zone in the center of the deposit that runs, you know, around 0.7 copper equivalent, so double the grade of the overall resource. You start mining there, it's right at surface. So payback on the project's three years. I mean, almost unheard of. And it's just it's that high grade, high grade zone. So that's one of the things to follow away. And the you know, the other key thing, you know, in, in terms of the project is that, you know, when you look at that um, a initial capital cost, it's only in Canadian dollars, right? So I mean if you compare that and you look at that in US dollars, it's actually really, really quite quite a bit better.
1: It is it is, but it's, it's still it's still a big number. But I I guess the thing I need to latch on to there is the three year payback. Um I'm all good. I'm all good with that. Um, Nevertheless, you need to get some competitive attention. There's only a handful of people out there in in reality. Rio and in, in, in the front seat at the moment. Um, but does that preclude others from even looking? I mean, are you having other conversations? What are people, you know, are you gonna make this feasibility study available and will the data room available to others?
0: I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, good. Let's, Let's just leave it at that. that
1: <laughs> Glad to hear it. Uh, and, and again, I appreciate you can't you, you can't you won't be able to talk about it. But you know, th- th- I think that's what people want to understand that because if I look at your share price, when we spoke to you, you were at three bucks back in April. It's come off a lot. We're going to put that down to what. Uh, copper price coming off. We're going to put it down to market tension. We're going to put to, what What are you putting it down to?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is really. It's. It's just the market has come off. I mean, you saw copper price, uh, you know, really come off, and and you know, I think it hit low about three dollars and fifteen cents this summer before sort of coming back up to around you know three fifty, three sixty, where it's been here recently. I mean, we we track like I think all companies track. Um, you know, where our share price has been moving compared to our peers. Um, we're actually doing, believe it or not, a little bit better than our peers. Um, if, if if you sort of stack them all together, again, I think we're doing a little bit better than our peers because we do have that. Okay, what is Rio Tinto going to do? You know, you know, who else is looking at this? I mean, we're the fifth largest copper gold project that's controlled by a junior mining company. And you know, if I look at those five, you know, which ones have good economics or in good locations? you know, have a good relationship with the local Indigenous groups, we, we float to the top of that five. Um, so I mean, I think those things sort of work in our favour. I mean, are we massively outperforming our peer group? No. But we're certainly doing a little bit better and, you know, I mean, I think it's an incredible investment opportunity. I mean, I think it's, it's a weird situation right now in that, you know, you have these beaten up development companies like ourselves, the long term... For uh, you know, the long-term view on copper is as strong as it gets, and I mean, and there's no one debating that. No one's debating long-term view on copper. Um, you know, this this short mid-term, absolutely, but the long-term view on copper is just incredibly strong.
1: I, I, I know, I know it is, but it, it comes back to the fact that you know, you you you're at nearest diamond, you one year low. Um, you're probably at your three-year average, I'd say, give, give, give or take. You know, people people look to and they've got to wonder why is it is it purely just tracking to copper price or is it because you're not able to kind of show how you get out of this you know you've got to show how you get out of it. so it, I guess things take as long as they take when you're dealing with projects like this so can you give us some sort of sense of next twelve months the, the kind of the, the runway here. Um, what more is to come?
0: Yeah. I mean, so I mean, the first thing to realize, I mean, and you know every junior mining company faces this issue is is cash on hand. And I mean, there's not, I mean, having a low share price is obviously not you know don't want to have a low share price, but there's nothing worse than having a low share price and running out of money. The good news is, I'd like to get our share price up, and that's certainly you know one of the key things that that we're driving. However, mid-year, we had a little under $40 million in the bank. Like I said, we've finished up this work with Rio is 99% complete. Uh, big big push is, is on the permitting work. We're looking to get that permit application in mid-next year. That work is about, maybe it's about a third done. It's not a huge, huge uh, thing. So I mean, we're talking two, three years of of runway in front of us. So that's point number one, because like you said, these things take time. And I mean, <laughs> with these large companies like Rio, like you have no idea how much time it takes for these things to happen. It's, you know, it's frustrating, but it
1: is. It's what it well, is. They've they all been guilty of making big mistakes. Yeah. So I guess they don't so want to make, any make big mistakes. mistakes. Okay, yeah. but, but here's, here's yeah. the, the one I one you'd answer, Paul, which is like, great, you got forty million bucks, pays the salaries, right? Or it pays for things which are going to drive. Value creation for your company, or put you in a stronger position to have a discussion with Rio or another other about getting the price that you want, and it's going to presumably be way above your three-year average. Yes. Okay. So, what are those things? That's what I want. Yep. What are the things that are important?
0: I mean, there's there's one thing that's going to drive this, and that is actually getting the project permitted. You know, I can. Do a whole bunch more engineering. I, I mean, does it need to get bigger? No. Um, so it's about driving that forward. So that, what are we doing? i mean, if if you look at where we're spending money right now in terms of the project, permitting, 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 because we get that in. We start to hit those those deadlines. We start to push that forward, and this becomes something that is you know getting close to being shovel ready. And with this thing being shovel ready, I mean, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about valuations. I mean, we're trading, at, you know, 10%, 20% of that NAV, that $2.3 billion. So, as you get fully permitted, you should be trading somewhere around 50% of that NAV. You've sort of seen that historically. And, you know, between now and then, you should start to see that sort of begin to move, you know, presuming that we continue to have good news. So, that's absolutely the key thing that we're moving on. I mean, the other thing is, is working really hard on the corporate development side i mean as i said yes yes and yes in terms of you know are we talking to people are we you know trying to do stuff in that area are we making sure that there are no doors that we haven't knocked on absolutely and so i mean obviously i can't talk a lot about that but you know that is also a lot of encouragement around that area as well so i mean it's not just waiting for rio tinto we can't do that I mean I think things look very positive with Rail, but we can't just wait for that. We need to make sure that we're working very, very hard on, you know, these, these other options. And then in the background, push that project forward. Make sure that, you know, if this is another year, which I hope it isn't, the next time I'm talking to you, it's like, yep, permit applications are in.
1: Okay. do you think permitting's got harder in Canada? We saw a lot of bit narrative last year on ESG and it was also Funds rebranding themselves at ESG, uh, without actually meaning or, or anything. Quite frankly, I think the SEC is coming down on them hard at the moment, and thank goodness for that. Um, but for the companies themselves, your your behaviour probably hasn't changed. But in terms of the reporting and the time to get through certain components which matter. To the permitting side of things, has it slowed down? Has it got more costly? Has it, quite frankly, in places, got much more difficult for you to actually, you know, think? I can, I think, I, I think I see an end in sight. It, it seems like a sort an of ever-changing, organic challenge that you have in front of you on that front.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a fair comment. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, what, what I think you're seeing there is a couple of things. I mean, first of all. Is that you know the the bar that you need to to meet in terms of baseline data acquisition you know all the work that goes into a permit application you know looking at caribou looking at water quality looking at all these things and and you know it's sort of death by you know everyone says like we're going to probably spend twenty million dollars on permitting before all is said and done you know a lot of that's already been spent. And people, how can you spend twenty million dollars on permitting? And I'm like, look, there's not one thing you can point to. It's just a million little things. That bar every year goes up, every year goes up, and so that's you know an important sort of thing in terms of the overall overall timeline. It, you know what's interesting about the Yukon? I mean, so let's call it the the S part of the ESG. You know, you know, working with the First Nations, working with the local indigenous groups and communities. That's always been baked into the process. Uh, it's a unique pro- permitting and well, me, environmental assessment process in the Yukon, where the First Nations are part of that process. So that's been there since day one. So that isn't new for us. So that's sort of good. So you hear, you know, you hear proponents in in the rest of Canada sort of, oh gosh, you know, we've got to do all this new stuff. There's less new stuff for us. It's just that the bar, you know, certainly has gone up. Does it make it harder? It makes it longer. And it I mean that's the frustration um, you know, because you have to do more work. you have more meetings, you have you know, more experts involved with the whole thing. So it certainly does add some time. I mean, the good news for us, we've got a few years of permitting under our belt we've We've done some really important things, particularly on tailings and mine waste. I think we talked about that uh, you know a couple of uh, a couple of interviews ago, you know, our tailings facility is a tailings facility that was designed with the First Nations, with the regulator, with the government. That's actually, that's why we had the feasibility study that cemented that in. So that's a key, that's always a big issue. That's, you know, to, I'm not ever going to say it's water completely under the ridge, but some of the water's under the bridge on that. So now, you know, we're moving on and, and looking at other things here moving forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's gotten more timely, more expensive. Is it gotten harder? It's still it, it's government bureaucracy. You're jumping through hoops, jump, 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 jump. You
1: get there, right? Okay. So, but you guys need to be held accountable, right? Especially with big projects uh, as well, because you know big projects you know, could lead to big mistakes. Um, so, I, I think don't think there's anything wrong, and you're not complaining about it. You're just acknowledging it. it. Just takes a little bit longer. Yeah, that,
0: that's that's pretty much the way it is. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Hey, well, like, what's what's the next big thing we're looking forward to? I guess November. I mean oh, yeah, that's going to be big.
0: I mean obviously we whether something whether it's extended, whether it's not extended, whether something else comes out of that, we're gonna to have to save something to the market and you know we'll have to to press release something there so um yeah, I mean, and that's what is that you know three months away here, so it's uh, gonna be an interesting three months here on our side, and uh hopefully we have good things to talk about at the end of November.
1: Cool. 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 Okay. I've um, got a small complaint though. Do you mind? Do you mind if I put it forward sure. here? There's only, there's only three photographs of you in the PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> uh, I think Sandy needs to up again, quite frankly. Uh,
0: yeah, and I so love looking at pictures of myself as I'm going through. I'm like, oh,
1: God. We're we go again.
0: I know. I think Sandy needs to get better pictures of other people.
1: Hmm. So, yeah. mm. Yeah, filters and also filters. Um, well, like, um, Paul, I like, appreciate the update. Um, y- y- like I say, you've been d- d- doing the hard yards and I guess um, we'll can kind of see the fruits of those or, or, or not um, in November, December with the, with the Rio announcement. Um, come straight back on as soon as you know, okay? We
0: will do, absolutely. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much.